Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. In the run-up to Christmas, shops are bursting at the seams with delicious treats, appealing platters and indulgent morsels, which can make sticking to a healthy diet rather unlikely. And food consumption has consequences for our waste in more ways than one. According to the Food and Agricultural Organization of the UN, over a third of all food made globally each year goes unused. That's around 1.3 billion tons. But could adhering to a healthier diet in the food we do eat make a difference to the environment? Paul Berens and colleagues from Leiden University in the Netherlands have set out to answer this question, and I've been finding out how. Right after making lunch. I'm making a vegetable stir fry which I think is a pretty good meal really. The miniature packet of popcorn that I ate whilst waiting for my dinner to be cooked might detract from the health benefits. So is healthy eating good for the planet as well as for me? Paul Barons. What we wanted to look at was is it possible that the nationally recommended diets along with being better for your health are actually better for the environment too. So what exactly is a nationally recommended diet? These are the eating guidelines laid down by each country. For example, in the UK, by the NHS. This consists of 2500 calories a day for men and 2000 for women. Compared to the average intake in the UK, Paul says we should be eating generally less meat, less dairy, and more fruit and veg. But my cooking aside, it's not always easy to know what impact the food on your plate is having on the environment. Nothing's listed on the food itself, the packet, uh, so we don't often get much of an idea of the sort of environmental backgrounds of food. There are some uh, labeling uh, efforts. There are things like, uh, you know, sustainable fish labels and things these sorts of things. But in terms of the actual full picture of environmental impacts we don't typically have that on the labels themselves uh, the information that we do get on uh, the environment mostly comes from sort of well the media third party sources research these sorts of angles and i think what's quite interesting about what we tried to do is have a look at the nationally recommended diets as sort of a major way to inform people because although you might think hey you know not many people actually follow these diets or pay attention to these diets they actually do have a huge influence on other policies like healthy eating at school and things like this if i build a policy like that it's actually going to follow the nationally recommended diets paul and his colleagues looked at the nationally recommended diets for 37 countries they then compared the recommended diets to the actual diets that the average person in each country is eating and using a sophisticated database quantified the comparative environmental impacts of the actual eating habits compared to the recommended diet in terms of greenhouse gas emissions water pollution and land use if we look at the lower income nations often you're wanting to encourage intake of protein and change diets in that way and if you look at the higher income nations you're wanting to reduce that intake because we've actually got more issues with things like obesity diabetes these sorts of issues than we do with undernourishment so across the different guidelines you can see these different impacts in the environment we're probably further away from our nationally recommended diets than perhaps the lower income nations are away from theirs 
And why is that? Perhaps unsurprisingly, Paul says it's because richer countries are, on average, eating too much overall, but also eating too many animal products and refined sugars. The increased environmental impacts of some poorer countries more closely following the nationally recommended diets is outweighed by the environmental benefits of richer countries sticking to a healthier diet. We still have reductions in uh, the impacts of all of the different environmental impacts that we looked at by everybody following these nationally recommended diets. In richer countries, it varies between uh, 12 to 23, 25%. Uh, and in poorer countries, there's an increase uh, of a few percent. What else then, besides eating more healthily, can we do to reduce these impacts? We can improve the productivity of our food systems. Uh, We can look at other ways in which to control certain pollutants. We could look at better control of wastes uh, on farms and better applications of fertiliser, for example. Uh, In terms of land, we could look at higher intensity of uh, livestock rearing. High intensity livestock rearing will raise alarm bells for some. Many of us endeavour to buy free-range meat, but this means more land given over to animal use. And as Paul says, this can present a problem. And so we have this trade-off between the same people who would want to consider the lifespan of the animal also with the environmental impacts. One thing's for sure is that if we can reduce these, the intake of meat like this, we will be making a difference. Food for thought there. Should we be swapping our Christmas turkey for a nut roast this year, perhaps? I was speaking to Paul Behrens from Leiden University, and the paper was published in PNAS.